Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nymphed Alumni. My name is Alexi, and I'm here with Biz and Sam. And this week, we're going to be talking about something that has egregiously changed our internet experience on one of our favorite platforms, TikTok. And that is the introduction of TikTok Shop, which is an integration into the platform that's essentially just like an e-commerce marketplace for ridiculously cheap goods. And with this introduction has come a whole new content genre of people who are selling products and doing it in very fascinating ways. And of course, this has consequences for fashion because a lot of the goods being sold are clothing and apparel. And yeah, it's just really interesting to see a marketplace take shape from scratch. Obviously, there are like influences like Amazon and AliExpress we can compare it to, but something about the audience on TikTok has really made it an interesting bazaar of goods that honestly I'm still kind of confounded by, but I'm really excited to talk about. So yeah, it's been weird trying to deal with the interface of it. I've yet to purchase anything on TikTok shop. Have y'all made any purchases? My sister has been buying a lot of stuff from TikTok shop, which is surprising to no one. Um, And when I was at her apartment, I was looking at some of the things like weird kind of like Arabian perfumes that say that like, I don't know, she fell for the stuff that's like, I wore this perfume and everyone in the restaurant like looked at me and started clapping. Um, But then they just (laughs) kind of felt normal. (laughs) I don't know. I have fallen for that sort of thing before, but years ago when TikTok was first coming up and they were being sold on Amazon and they were not very, very nice smelling Arab perfumes. Um, And thankfully I've upgraded my perfume collection to contain a lot of like the more iconic Arab perfumes, but yeah, because there are some that are like actually storied, but I think the yeah. ones on TikTok shop are, are not that. I I haven't purchased anything for the reasons I feel like we're making this episode, which is that we're all scared of TikTok shop. But <laughs> TikTok shop has been around a lot longer in the UK, so I know people that have purchased things and it's like not as i don't want to say stigmatized but there's not that like i don't think there's quite as much suspicion around it because more mainstream brands here have also adopted it um so you can buy something from like a normal e-commerce website but just through tiktok shop with like a really good discount so i feel like that's helped kind of normalize it a bit more but yeah tiktok shop only launched in the u.s a few months ago in August or September. Let me just double check when it was launched officially. Okay, yeah, so TikTok Shop launched in September officially in the US, but it had been established in other countries for years. That actually was an interesting point of contrast because around the same time, TikTok Shop was banned in Indonesia, which was their first and biggest market so it was kind of like the blueprint for like their ambitions in other markets like the uk and the us so i feel like tiktok shop in general is actually at like a really kind of crucial moment with expanding into the us why did it get banned in indonesia so um basically the indonesian government was kind of worried about it becoming i guess essentially like a monopoly I guess because maybe a lot of commerce was taking place through TikTok shop. And then with, I guess, TikTok being really popular as an app and 
I mean, TikTok kind of tried to, I think, find some footing after they made that decision, like trying to, you know, separate the shop from the main TikTok app. But I don't think they've come to like a really fruitful conclusion on on their terms, basically. Mm. That's interesting that it that they were afraid that it was going to become a monopoly because I have a lot of my suspicions more arise from it just kind of flopping in the US. Mm-hmm. Like I just think that the the interface and and the the general concept of it is just not something that US consumers are really attracted to. I think I was really thinking about this because I've learned through researching this episode that live selling is really really big overseas. And this really confounds me because I can't understand the appeal of live selling. I don't know. I was thinking about how, I guess, Americans tend to interface with, like, consumerism. It just feels, like, markedly different than you would overseas. Like, I think there is more, like, person-to-person interfacing overseas. Like, I yesterday went to a pulga, which is, like, a Mexican flea market, and... I haven't been to one in a really long time and I went and I was walking around and things were really overpriced or not priced at all. And I would ask the prices for things and it changed depending on who I was asking. And I was like, this is just like a really precarious and unreliable form of shopping. But it's something that like I was always like, I think a lot of like Mexican immigrants seem to trust more than big box stores. But I think it's because of that sort of like legacy and human interfacing aspect of it where it's like, that's not that's not as common in the United States, you know, where there's not like people who have been selling jewelry for generations and generations and selling, you know, cutlery for however long, you know, we tend to trust like the big box stores a lot more and don't want to interact with human beings whenever we're, we're purchasing things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's definitely real. I mean, I was thinking a lot about this when I was at home in South Carolina, because I was realizing how almost every business there seems to be a family business like a lot of the billboards are for family-owned businesses and like it's a huge selling point being like trusted in Irmo for over 50 years like and they'll use like pictures of intergenerational families to market stuff which doesn't really feel like super New York I mean there are some places like the the Diamond District where things like that seem to matter but I don't know the big thing on TikTok shops that is interesting to me is this like rise of small businesses um which seems to just be like experiencing a meaning collapse like i don't think that really means what it used to like i think to millennials and some younger people small business like you associate with like people who sell stuff at farmers markets that are like handcrafted or you know someone who like owns a restaurant um but the idea of like a digital small business is so much different and i just see like a lot of this small business content that's like asmr restock videos come pack this thousand dollar order with me they're always like throwing in freebies and extras and have a lot of like custom packaging that's really like cutesy and i think this really appeals to kids because it's the new version of like papa's pizzeria or like satisfying assembly line work it's like they make it seem like it's just like scrapbooking like you're just like putting stickers on stuff and like putting tape on stuff all day because it's essentially like most of it is just drop shipped. So all you're doing is just like buying stuff and then like packaging it in a fun way and then being like, come ship orders with me. Like it's just such a fake, like it is real work, but like to me, that's not, I I don't like that. That's what being a small business owner looks like online to young people. Like why don't you go carve a spoon? 
Yeah, why don't you go make a spoon ring? You know? Yeah, and just yeah. like... It reminds me so much of Sam's amazing thesis about young people and them wanting to like participate and I don't know if it was like the word storytelling that you used, but creating the narrative in, in education. Yeah. And I guess with TikTok shop, it's such a participatory thing. I'm specifically thinking about like the order packing videos or one thing I see quite a lot is candy bags. So yeah. where you can kind of pick what, you know, I want like six gummy snakes and like five uh, sour strawberries, that sort of thing. And it's like, it must be some sort of instant gratification thing that comes with seeing someone pack your order or something yeah, like that. It's I, super gamified. Super gamified, yeah. Well, the thing is, is what's interesting, because I was going to get into this when talking about the chamoy pickle. You should definitely <laughs> talk chamoy about pickle that. Kit. <laughs> yeah, the chamoy pickle kit, which is for those who are not familiar, this is probably the most popular tick or most viral tiktok shop commodity it's probably what people are most familiar with it's called the chamoy pickle kit and it's that sounds like the russian sleep experiment exactly that's true. <laughs> but that's it's kind of similar it's similar in in the way that it operates in our brains i feel like but you get to assemble this chamoy pickle interesting to me because i grew up with chamoy pickles those were sold at the basketball and volleyball games at my elementary school and now they're going really viral but they're just like wrapped in like you know, they put Kool-Aid powder on it and chamoy and like gummy gummy worms and stuff. But you assemble it yourself. And I feel like there's just this very like faux interactivity and autonomy that really appeals to people. And I feel like it also just encapsulates the like aesthetic and ideology of social media marketplaces pretty well. I think like chamoy pickles specifically as a food trigger a really elevated dopamine response that can be really addicting. Like I think all spicy food does. And it's also really vulgar. It's like subtly vulgar, you know, like you watch these videos of people assembling it and eating them in like these really vulgar ways. Yeah. And I feel like it's sticky vulgar. as well. It's like Loki. Yeah. It's like that kind of like five minute crafts fetishistic content that's like very sensory. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. what, what tends to work really well in this marketplace, which also reminds me of like Instagram slime content and like things that are like satisfying because I literally did used to buy slime from Instagram like <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> and when it comes to like food and like sensory stuff like slime, those really can't be like simulated. And like something happens in your brain where you're like, I need to experience this. Mm -hmm. So you really have to get it out in the real world. And there's something so like sublime about receiving slime in the mail and like touching it after like lusting for it in <laughs> videos <laughs> for so yeah. long. Um, but then it's like disappointing. I mean, it's like slime has to be like one of the most like diminishing returns things ever. Like I just ended up having a ton of slime that I would play with and like make videos of for like two seconds. And then it just like gets really gross <laughs> the more you touch it. So yeah. there's no way of disinfecting the slime. It just gets more and more infected with <laughs> bacteria. Yeah, I just think about like the kids that actually convince their parents to like buy a ton of slime and like, ugh. It's you just, get stuck in their hair and then you have oh, to disgusting, yeah. do some terrible vinegar bath on your kid as though they got sprayed by a skunk or something like it's just <laughs> bad but it does seem like that vulgarity and like weird like garishness is like the primary mode of like social media marketplace marketing like especially in like the live selling space and it's really interesting that that's like a self-starting marketing strategy it seems to have like organically emerged from people who are the these quote-unquote like small business or owners on tiktok 
But it is like really weird because it's, you know, some of the videos that really stand out to me are the ones where it's like a girl that's like screaming, like, if I shake this green candy cane during my live, it means I have a crush on my co-host. If I shake the blue one, it means that I hate my co-host or whatever. And it's just like really overstimulating. And they combine these like weird like Elsa Gate aesthetics, like YouTube (laughs) kids aesthetics, you know? I thought Elsa Gate was such a good name for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Marina Joyce thing of like you like having some weird like dramatic irony where like you know something as the viewer, but you're like, I don't know. It's like a really, a really strange vibe to me. Just like the expressions and the colors, like, and the interactions between adults and things that are like clearly meant for children. I also, mm-hmm. yeah, food content is really insane. Like I was scrolling through my sister's TikTok and she gets so many videos that like it's such a big genre that I guess I don't see in New York because like food content here is like run don't walk to try this pizza or whatever but mm-hmm. like if you live in a smaller town or something like there are so many creators who just like get food in their car and like eat it in their car mm-hmm. like Keith Lee style yeah. and I'm like this is really depressing everyone is like reviewing the same exact burger from like Wendy's that's new and like eating it in this like really slow and disgusting way where they like take giant bites and like kind of chew in like a really exaggerated way and like the way that it actually worked on her like we drove like 30 minutes to go to culver's and like waited a really long drive there because she kept on seeing this like culver's burger and i was like what just happened (laughs) like why are we like doing advertising on behalf of like giant fast food companies like why is everyone just like in their car eating like sloppiest messiest food well they really like like the same thing though as like what you said about it being a new type of small business owner right like it's not even people promoting like oh this this little gym restaurant this Mm -hmm. like you know place that you would have never heard of it's like we need to go try the new wendy's burger and it's like that becomes like the niche item somehow it's really weird and it's weird that it's like self yeah the the thing is is that you know i have a little bit more understanding of people who are physically selling something and profiting off of it but when you're kind of like playing the influencer game and you're literally just like a guerrilla marketer for freelance, <laughs> like that is unpaid for like all of these like weird companies and like just reviewing food, hoping that maybe, I mean, I, that's a big thing in Austin, right? I have some friends that own restaurants and wine bars and they are always talking about how influencers will come in and ask for free food and ask for like a sample of everything so that they could post a TikTok about it. But it is really interesting because like that sort of like, you know, the, classic kind of like eating the food in this really disgusting kind of garish vulgar way i think it's just meant to sort of appeal to your most baseline like reptilian impulses and i think it does two things like first it's sort of like design it's designed to like transcend like race language and creed mm-hmm. thereby like universalizing like your customer demographic right it's like you're just making faces and expressions and sounds of pleasure and joy and ecstasy yeah. and everyone knows and like, like what it's like when food tastes good so you're just like I exactly yeah and like um and then it also kind of like elevates your dopamine response like so much that like i feel like specifically with tiktok shop whenever you use this type of like vulgar marketing your dopamine receptors are so fried when you're like watching all of this content or watching the lives where it's so overstimulating that like the only way you can even get a dopamine hit is by clicking purchase. So they're like frying you so that you can like only get like a high off of like purchasing something, which is like really weird and interesting that they're using that 
or tactic, but but yeah, it's very global South core. I feel like the, the I'll recycle a take from there. It's like the sort of like universal grammar of clickbait, you know, it just like mm-hmm. appeals to like the most stripped down generalized impulses and shit. Like the videos that go most, most viral are like dad saving babies from incoming cars, like cute animals, like weird, you know, just like kind of obvious kind of like languageless videos that are meant to just sort of like target the largest possible audience. I liked your note about the the sounds that you see in these videos. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like, a, yeah, it's like the oh, no, 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 no. Or like, like the wheezing laugh. Like, is, that's like. To? Yeah, the, that was so bad. Yeah, oh, no. Well, it's like, no, that one is. But what about the one that's like, oh, no, 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 yeah, no. You know the, what I'm it's about? also like the African, like the, the coffin bearer song. Oh, which one's that? Oh fuck! What's the song? Okay, wait. I'll I'll maybe just link it or something. But okay. you know those videos of like the the Africans that are like pallbearers and like they're dancing to yeah song. I don't know. It, I get that one a lot in videos my dad sends me from Mr. Latina Lover or whatever. Um, <laughs> one I, thing I want to know is like why is there never a natural lighting in these videos? Why is it always from a ring light as, with? Mm-hmm backlit by led strip lights that are around the room that i feel like is the most defining aspect as to why all these videos like visually look the same and then they'll have like a neon light in the background that says like yum yum candies or something yeah mm-hmm. in the script font it's so yeah. dystopian which like i hate to say that because everyone's like oh my god this is like black mirror but it's so dystopian that, that type of lighting to me is just like the ring light at some point and there was also the rebrand of like the Alex Earl light where like this is good lighting and this is flattering. I guess it's like being well lit isn't the same thing as um looking good. Like I don't know. I I don't know what the ideal lighting situation is there, but yeah, the these like tableaus that they set up that are like in real life like iPhone size where you can tell it just ends and kind of like see it just like not going beyond the edges, like <laughs> it's really weird. Also like the the main dystopian thing to me is like this creepy vibe that is forced when you're like trying to when these people are trying to like perform at the same time as like reading comments and like they have this like glazed over look in their eyes with like the ring light reflection where like they're weirdly close to the screen so they can read the comments scrolling by but then they're also still trying to talk but like you can't really emote like while you're reading like that I guess that's why like the pinky doll thing is so impressive because she's like able to instantaneously like react and like have the same like input output simultaneously Mm -hmm. but like most people that i see on tiktok shop like are doing the tiktok live selling they like enter this like creepy trance state where they're like yeah let me know if you have any questions like yeah it's on sale yeah we have it in a size five like i don't know it just really freaks me out yeah and they speak like really loudly as well yeah yeah i wrote this report about npc content and npc creators kind of off the back of pinky dolls virality but someone said within it i think that the streaming that like npc streamers becoming so viral on the internet for a while was especially interesting because it made like the mechanics of streaming more visible than like they'd ever been before because mm-hmm. obviously streaming has been really popular for a long time but like obviously in other countries it's popular on like mainstream apps but otherwise it's kind of like obviously cam girls and then twitch streaming as well 
Um, but I think there's still like a huge demographic of people that are just not exposed to like Twitch streamers or that sort of content. So seeing it for the first time on something like TikTok and how yeah, people do like struggle to keep up with essentially like the demands of the chat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like, oh my god, you guys are literally imprisoned by the chat. It's true. It is an impressive feat. It is, but it's I don't know. Also, I always I think ring light, like clear ring light lighting reminds me of child labor because it just reminds me of like Charlie D'Amelio and when the first wave of TikTokers was coming up and they're all really young and they all bought ring lights. And yeah. it just it gives a hostage situation. Yeah, it does. Oh, it's so weird. It is weird because like Something else that I find really interesting about there's different there seems to be different camps of TikTok shop promotion. There's the overstimulated Elsa Gate aesthetics, weird kind of like there's this one creator who used to be like an OnlyFans girl and now she just sells toys, which I find really dark. But there's also this sort of style of I think Alexi has a lot to say about this of sort of like tragedy marketing, like please mm-hmm. save my small business, it's failing. And then there's this other side of it, which is literally just like straight from the sweatshop, like watching people that are like, you, you, there's a video that went super viral recently that was like, I am the person that manufactures vapes. Like I make them here like in, oh yeah, you know, and like everyone in the comments was like very, they were like, I'm quitting vaping now. Like, I can't believe they're treating you like this. And it just like feels really odd that the barrier has been like so deep, like the barrier between us and like the manufacturers that have been outsourced has sort of dissolved and we have a lot more connection with it. Cause I feel like nineties, two thousands, there was a lot of panic about outsourcing and the criticism of it came from like a labor perspective, which seems like a lot more empathetic to me, you know, kind of like we're outsourcing the jobs of people here in America. And then we're also creating like a really terrible workers' rights situation overseas. But now with Gen Z, like that panic has transformed into like drop shipping panic and, like, the number one complaint that I hear from it is just about, like, the quality of the clothing and, like, scams, which feels a lot more cynical. You know what I mean? Even though I fall victim to this, too. Like, I hate bad quality clothing. But it just feels like a we we do need to kind of, like, zoom out a bit when it comes to, like, criticisms of drop shipping. you know? Because I think it's, like, a much larger issue. Yeah. I mean, I am obsessed with production and, like, factories and have, from a very young age, been, like, very overwhelmed by the amount of choices that we have of like products and the fact that like humans are still making all of them i don't know if i would actually recommend this movie but i saw a film recently called youth spring that was like four hours long by this chinese director wang bing that was literally just like a documentary that had like basically no style that was just like in a chinese garment factory and you're kind of seeing like it's like young people like gen z people um like working in this factory and it's kind of like a really shitty environment and just like watching it for so long I feel like like the sound of the sewing machines is like insanely loud like people are playing really loud music they're like talking with each other will like get in these petty fights like they have like workplace romances but I think like people just need to constantly be reminded that I don't know the the rise of this like middleman class of like a ton of people who are independent contractors or like freelance like selling stuff doesn't doesn't seem great to me and that's like why this glorification of like small business people who are like making this big song and dance out of performing labor and showing people like how they pack orders like just feel so disingenuous because they are kind of like doing the whole thing 
instead of like the people who are actually making these products in like shitty working conditions well that's the thing it's it's pure consumerism like unfettered like that's what's interesting too about the live selling spaces a lot of it is like trading already existing commodities and i was talking to someone last night about this who is into pokemon card collecting and he said something really interesting which is that what's sad about the live selling space and trading all of these sort of like commodities that are meant to accure value there's like no creativity involved in it you know there's no you know he was talking about it from a pokemon card perspective how he was upset that like you know nobody was like appreciating the art that was on these cards no one was actually creating the art that was on these cards they're just sort of like letting them accure value and tucking them away and there's no like intrinsic beauty to the commodity itself we've totally demystified it and just have let it become like a pure vessel for like a curing value which is really tragic and it's the same thing with these middlemen and what's really weird about like the middlemen that's a really good term Alexi, like kind of like a middleman <laughs> that's like kind of like performing labor what's interesting is that like i feel like in the past th- that was like a, a lot more of a profitable model but from what tiktok is showing us i feel like they are also just like going so broke so i'm just like who is actually profiting from this model yeah like literally nobody like tiktok is trying but it's not working yeah they're having to subsidize everything yeah that's the craziest thing to me is seeing these like actual like sephora level skincare companies like laneige and like do which is like guess not sold in sephora but like what what else do i see like tarte is also doing Mm -hmm. like sales on certain products where it's kind of like you're face to face with whoever their like e-commerce manager is and mm-hmm. I'm like okay sorry I don't want to like you know even if I wanted to buy like a pack of Ford Tarte lipsticks for like 80% off like I don't want to see I don't want to see you I don't want to buy it from you like what and um, I feel like that's very American like I, that's why I feel like this the life selling thing went so viral overseas is because overseas there's still a business model where you're interfacing with the trusted human being whose credentials lie in their like legacy within the industry no it's crazy how much more emotional it is uh at least what what seems to be working in the u.s for like tiktok shop and small business creators is like as you mentioned sam this kind of manipulative like store closing sale or these exasperated owners like showing clips of them crying and being like i messed up guys like i ordered way too much of this product or i see so many that are like yeah that are like my small business is failing and now i'm on the verge of a mental breakdown and they give these like full-on story times about how they dropped everything and put their savings into this idea which like you know i would get it if they were like an inventor or something but then the idea is like a t-shirt that says like like love need more more coffee or something like it's so stupid or like a stanley cup-esque tumblr that says like taylor swift lyric and i'm just like okay like this is a very compelling narrative but like this is like what you're trying to sell me like and another thing that they'll do is like show their exact spotify statistics of like when they have a peak or like a all-time low of like not having any orders um but on the other side of that i feel like there's also this like i I think there are attempts at people trying to be like trusted recommendation vectors or something like people who are like i bought this from tiktok shop so you don't have to like let me give you the real tea um so i think there's just like way more of a parasocial element i think like the successful uh like e-commerce live streamers in china for example like are fairly anonymous but 
I, I don't know. I don't think they get so like emotional and like tell people that they like dropped out of school and like, um, like their mom is like helping them ship orders. Like that level well, of emotional manipulation to me feels like ten times worse than having someone who's just like facelessly or not like expressionlessly like holding up t-shirts and like just throwing them out as soon as they. <laughs> I don't know. Like that girl that like promotes a hundred products like in a minute or yeah something. no i love her wait what's her name it's uh jung xiang xiang she went super viral a, a few weeks ago she has like five million followers on douyin and i kind of like her her like stage setup because you could tell that there are like a lot of people behind it she like sells stuff in these hermes orange boxes and it's mostly like cheap fashion items and like daily necessities like kitchen goods but she only shows each product for three seconds and just says like what it is and how much it costs and then like dramatically kind of throws it off frame and she has people off frame like kind of sliding things into her like zone and she i don't know like doyen like actually reacted and and imposed some type of like rule that sellers have to give more information about products because she was like too efficient and deadpan that's so funny (laughs) and she's really glamorous also she's wearing this like kind of bodycon like black velvet dress and like has on a lot of makeup but she apparently switched over to doyen's competitor which i forget what that app is called but like there's a there's a dr candace lynn video about it that i'll link um but (laughs) what i love about her is that she like shows kind of like netizen reactions and like i think it's interesting to see the kind of sense of humor around it where people are like I caved and bought some of these products and like threw it out as soon as like as quickly as she threw it out of frame or just being like kind of like admitting that they're buying things I don't know having like a more realistic experience where they're just like I bought it and didn't really need it lol well that's what's really interesting is like the medium of TikTok as be- being a shop because that's really interesting because it's like very entertaining I can't imagine ever purchasing something from someone like this woman what was her name <laughs> sorry Xiang. yes but I can't imagine watching her for hours at a time and I think it's really interesting because there is this sort of race for a multi-hyphenate platform I guess that's what I think a lot of like tech people are framing it as like Elon Musk wanting to turn Twitter into some sort of everything app most importantly like a payment processor which I think is going to flop. And then, you know, Instagram also doing some sort of shopping feature, you know, meta trying to do the metaverse. And what's interesting is like TikTok's not really, I think this was like a point of discourse a few years ago, but TikTok is not really social media. I feel like I think it's, it's entertainment. Like I know that they see their main competitors as YouTube and Netflix and not like Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I find it really interesting to combine that with a shopping thing because it is I mean this is an obvious take but it is very much like the home shopping network you know it's just like a channel on your television or something you know but it is weird because I I don't think this is going to succeed here like they've already taken a 500 million dollar loss this year alone on launching TikTok shop in the United States because I think they're subsidizing all of the discounts Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. for sellers right like yeah they are I just find it so, I don't know, I just find it weird, like the um, entertainment to shopping pipeline. Well, yeah. the, the U.S. is like historically really resistant towards shopping features or uh, that type of com- e-commerce being integrated into an existing social media app. Like um, Instagram announced that it was, 
basically cutting a, a bunch of funding for its shopping tab as well. So it's e hmm. it's e-commerce like apparatus. And uh yeah, the US is just really resistant towards it, which like honestly I'm like, wow, our our moral character is so high. I like that it's like the final frontier and they like, can't win it for some reason. Yeah, it just seems like inconvenient and it's also so annoying how like pushy it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember when I came back to America in the summer. Uh it must have been right before it was officially launching tiktok shop in the u.s and i was just getting all of those ads that were like oh my god like the way that she your girlfriend will look in the viral tiktok leggings and i found it so disorienting because i was truly unfamiliar with this video style that suddenly was popping up all the time but yeah i guess <laughs> the fact that you don't have to actually own the product or show the product to market the product and make money from the affiliate link yeah it creates just a shady like back alley sensation mm -hmm. that's true yeah i think i understand tiktok's logic because they could see that like a lot of commerce was happening off-site through like like one of the most lucrative ways to be a, a content creator is just like having an amazon marketplace and like i think even alex earl had one where like all of the products that she had were linked in her bio and she like was making a cut mm -hmm. from that so i could see why tiktok was like okay why don't we just like keep this all here but i don't know like it's just like busted i don't want to do it and mm -hmm. there are so many like you could tell that they think that like as soon as you put in like your all of the stuff that will make all the future purchases like a, a one tap thing like once you put in your address and like payment method they think you're going to be addicted but mm -hmm. everyone i can encourage you to resist further i also uh they have a big problem with, with counterfeits and fakes yeah which for some reason they're not trying to really curtail even like the cause rx snail mucin mm -hmm. there's that's obviously a product that's quite popular on tiktok so it makes sense for it to be something that would really fall into the just tap to buy like you see someone using it in a video and then you buy it on tiktok yeah but yeah there's tons and tons of fakes listed on tiktok shop and i think their policy isn't really very thorough so about counterfeits yeah. which i don't really understand like, that to me is really in opposition to, like, the American spirit. Yeah, I think Amazon used to have a similar problem. Like, people used to be really wary of buying skincare on Amazon. Like, there would always be reviews being like, I remember I, that. I have the original mm -hmm. and, like, this smells different. Like, yeah. yeah. I feel like you still see that in the reviews. Yeah. You do, yeah. That That is funny, yeah. I guess the, the one thing that's drawn me to considering purchasing from TikTok shop is that incredible discount. That is subsidized by TikTok. And I guess the logic behind that is just like making users accustomed to their interface, you know, because I feel like that was like one of the hardest things for me about like integrating my life into Amazon was like the interface was just really ugly. And it's the same with TikTok shop, but I think it must be purposeful, you know, that like ugly kind of utilitarian, weird coupon page style yeah, visual I, has, I find you know, it really challenging to navigate the tiktok shop interface as well Damn. and it made me realize like am i just aging out of tech updates coming really naturally to me or is it because <laughs> there's so much like visual clutter with the you know being so many products that like look similar but they're all from different brands and you can't tell which one is like legit and then obviously all the mark the sign posting around discounts as well adds another element of that i mean it just it looks chinese like 
there's a really good lecture about UX in China by this designer, I think, Yuan Ching Lim, uh, called More is More Super Apps in Community. And he kind of like talks about how UX in China is so much different than here. And like part of it is like a language thing because you can fit more information into Chinese characters than in English letters. So like there's like the real estate of like a web page or, or your phone is just like able to be filled with way more stuff. And like, that's kind of the TikTok shop feeling like as soon as you accidentally swipe into it, which by the way is so easy because they put it in between your following and your free you page. So like if you're trying to go in between those two parts of your like feed, you have to like exit through the gift shop through TikTok shop. And there are all of these like pop-ups. So you have to like wait to time out or like these coupons or ominous countdowns of like, seemingly endless events like they're always doing some kind of like urgent event um and yeah i don't think like americans are adjusting to it very well forbes also wrote this article about like it, it was good to see because like when you try to google anything about this they're like live streaming is like the next frontier of e-commerce but forbes was like pretty realistic about it and talked about how um i'll just quote what they said uh Chinese shoppers are perhaps the most mobile-oriented shoppers in the world. They use super apps like WeChat, which put traditional social channels, live streaming, live chat, and commerce all in one platform. They have a big and lively influencer economy with mobile-oriented tech and social-savvy people who are already really good at the basics of live streaming. And shoppers are already primed to use influencers and social channels for product discovery and being able to act on an impulse purchase through the tight connections between social and commerce were already there. The only thing that Alibaba added was the live element. So like... I think just something about like the integration and TikTok shop, like people just aren't ready for it. Like, and the fact that like, even to us who are like super online young people, it feels like intimidating and like complicated, but maybe we're just like more resistant and skeptical. I don't know. It That's true. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know what it is. Scre- I think I, we just have like a very different, design language in the United States and a lot of the kind of like over the top over like the the excess of information it kind of like for us in our brains it just screams scam you know because yeah. a lot of the scammy stuff just com- comes in that visual form you know we we like we love minimalism in America I think it must have something to do with like the fact that it's a Chinese app as well because I think obviously one of the main criticisms I've seen of TikTok marketplace is how it sells like cheap small plastic products and i think in america obviously like the colloquialism for that for better or for worse is like made in china like oh Mm -hmm. like i don't want Mm -hmm. any of this more made in china stuff it's like what what someone's dad would say or something and so i think that is also like something that people probably intuitively register or something versus if you like living in china and you're shopping on tiktok shop it's totally different yeah 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 it's i feel like we're gonna see another round of like the tiktok hearing like nationalist paranoia with tiktok shop yeah maybe or just like i I could see it becoming like legislated but that's why like the middleman thing seems so important it's because it's like tricking americans into thinking not like tricking them but like everyone is like oh like supporting small businesses like it's insane to me how well it seems to be working just like based on the comments have you guys seen the Lion Latch? No. What is that? That was one of the first major TikTok creators, TikTok shop creators that I came in contact with. Well, I didn't come in contact, but that I that I watched. 
Uh, it's essentially this woman who was on Shark Tank years ago. She has about half a million followers. Her product is a small plastic container that latches that you can put small jewelry in and then you can attach it to your bag via like a keychain attachment. And it's really, really popular. But once again, that's one of those products that like is plastic. But then if you watch her story, she has an extremely American kind of corn fed story behind her product. And she also used to be like a teacher. So she's managed to like overcome that I guess, like, nationalist paranoia, like you said, Alexi, around, you know, cheap plastic products, even though that's kind of what hers is, because she combined it with, like, her homegrown ex-teacher American story. And then also, I I think people also still are attracted to the idea of, like, small innovation, which is the fact that she, like, quote, you know, allegedly invented this product to solve something that people encounter a lot, which is, you know, losing an earring at the beach (laughs) <laughs> it's really That's crazy so how shark tank kind of is like like shark tank is kind of like live stream shopping i was about to say the same thing i was literally about to say the same thing that it literally is like the exact model that we see on tiktok for small business owners quote unquote who have this like tragedy and triumph and like underdog story yeah it's like shark tank literally literally kind of trained americans to kind of see this as a, something that you'd want to support and it's so successful to always just like blows my mind how how successful it is i was just gonna say it like kind of puts the tiktok user in the position of feeling like they're the shark being like you know what like that I'll is invest. so true that is so <laughs> true no it, it's like the feel, feeling of like micro investment and kind of being able to pat yourself on the back mm-hmm. yeah and i think people feel like that all the time now with any purchase that's alternatives like amazon you that's know what true. is coming to mind here so obviously amongst we've discussed the the pickle kits but i think ryan finn tweeted recently about the the pink sauce lady oh my god oh yeah the pink sauce lady ryan got some of the pink sauce and was like it's a good and normal tasting sauce (laughs) and was maybe mentioning how like she was you know heavily demonized even though she was following the regulations in her state for creating a small batch food product or something like that and I was like, wow, that was pre-TikTok shop. You know, yeah. like, she would be wheeling and dealing these days. Oh, she would be. Yeah, she was ahead of her time. She really was. But that is the weird kind of suspicion that people get sometimes around. I don't know. Everyone's like, oh my god, they're trying to poison me. Because the thing is, is also TikTok breeds that type of paranoia because there's so much, like, OCD triggering content on fucking TikTok where it's just like, oh, by the way, did oh, you yeah. know if you left, like, fried rice out overnight and you oh ate God, it, you're probably so going to die. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Some some element of that seems to be, like, really um, racialized. I don't know. There, there are a lot of really oh, yeah. good essays about, like, the, the Black community and, like, obsession with, like, hygiene and, like, the Hygiene Olympics. Mm. And I feel like that was, like, really expressed in the pink sauce thing. Like, everyone just jumping to be, like this is like disgusting yeah someone needs to write an essay about that because that that is actually really interesting about the pink sauce ladies been safe oh ryan has done amazing commentary as well so yeah yeah it's interesting i've seen it i've I've seen it extended to pickles as well pickles that are made by tiktok creators and that's what their page is all about but people being like you know suddenly everyone's all up in their business about everything they know about botulism and canning and stuff i know everyone is like a food safety (laughs) expert on tiktok like it's crazy like the washing chicken discourse is another thing that i see all the time on black twitter 
yeah, we love we love food safety. Food safety safety is good, but I'm also like, I don't know. I just it, I yeah. There's know. also a lot I, of cleaning I, I was, I was content, not prepared. Like the, I was not prepared for this conversation, but I have a lot to say about the girl how... who washed her Christmas tree, like stuff like that. Oh my it's god! Just like, yes. really, <laughs> like the the cleaning Olympics on TikTok is insane. Like, I'm it's sorry, crazy. But it also kind of gives the vibe of that like vaguely fetishistic content. Like, you don't need to be using like six different types of like foaming and powder and like whatever cleaning stuff to clean yeah. your toilet. Like, I think people just get caught up in like the hypnotic satisfaction, like sensory element of stuff like that, but. Mm-hmm. I love, I will like support any like person that I see who isn't, there's also that like really like the cleaning rugs thing where the rug is like really covered in dirt. Um, I love seeing like a realistic, like middle-class like person cleaning their house with like normal products um, (laughs) and not being like, you need to boil Fabuloso or like your dirty bitch type of thing. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But you have to boil your Fabuloso before you use it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I saw people being normal. Like I, I like seeing like normal people cook for their families and not like doing this like crazy performative thing. That actually makes me sad to think about, you know, when someone does share a recipe to see how many people criticize them for whatever, yeah. you know, preparation technique they've used. It's very robotic, though, because it, you know, that that mentality translates into, like, everything that trends on TikTok, even with skincare and with, like, the over-exfoliation, yeah. like, remove every ounce of DNA and skin that, like, is possibly left on your body just so that you can integrate yourself perfectly and be smooth and... Uh, formless and slimy and just like perfectly fit into like the big like womb of like the internet you know what i mean like i don't know yeah everyone has just like adopted this mentality of like critical auntie like just telling you that you're doing everything wrong Mm -hmm. yeah because it sucks because that's like that 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 demeanor has to come with age you know like when a when a 12 year old is like mouthing off to you about that sort of stuff that is a sign (laughs) that things have gone wrong that's 12 yeah. you're telling 12. you to wash your Christmas tree. Like, yeah. When you're 12, Christ. you literally need to be eating like a cookie off the ground. I know, it's you know? true. <laughs> it's also like, yeah, I, this was like definitely happening with the Uncanny Valley thing. Like I mentioned this in that episode, because like people were like, wow, it looks like no one really knows what Uncanny Valley actually me. means. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was that me. wasn't you, but like literally all the comments on videos like that. I was like, who, like, who is getting the information? Like, it's because they truth? looked at the picture on Google Images and they're like, I see a couple robots here. Yeah. You mm-hmm. guys don't know what you're talking about. Um, I, I want to talk about the algorithm and how it has like replaced, how it's like become this deity, like just the way that people, that small business creators like talk about it. This like is a really, yes, this is really good. Go off, girl. Their videos is that like small business owners act like the algorithm is like this super unpredictable thing that like, is like the winds of fortune or chance like they act like you know their videos not going viral is the equivalent of god giving them a bad harvest like i was watching this um <laughs> stanley cup dupe seller being like of course now that i ordered a ton of these from my supplier the algorithm is slow and not showing my videos to anyone and then the video went viral because i guess you like begged people to like like and comment and share being like even if you can't afford to support me like please it only takes one second like I'm really struggling mentally and like I have all these orders and like whatever and all of the comments were like so weirdly happy for her being like looks like the algorithm is on your side tonight dear like I'm just like what <laughs> like the algorithm's not on your side like you just begged people to share it and then they did but everyone is like you know the 
the winds of fate have like blessed you like it literally gives like weird medieval times like i don't know I, it really pisses me off for some reason yeah it, it is it is like a, a higher deity or something i don't know yeah. and also people just like acting like it's out of their control when like clearly there are things that you can do like for example make a video like that that affect your visibility um but it reminds me of, like, yeah, I guess TikTok is kind of unpredictable because, like, I know a lot of people that are like, oh, my God, I'm shadow banned. But sometimes, like, maybe people don't, just don't like your content. I, I just think if you can't make the algorithm work for you in 2023, like, you're not fit for this level of e-commerce capitalism. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But as someone who, like, has had success with the algorithm, like, countless times, and may she continue to bless me, I suppose, but... <laughs> Like I I I just I I don't know what to say. Like you're not you're not good at marketing, and you should yeah, like be a look small internally and don't be like I have like I've been struck by you know no literally put on some winged eyeliner and get a grip yeah. and mm-hmm. take that ugly hoodie off. You know <laughs> I don't know and adjust your lighting. Adjust your lighting because yeah, if your product's not going to speak for yourself, you have to speak for your product. That means you have to become like your product yeah that's so true that's, the thing is these products do not speak for themselves like they're so mm-hmm. random and asinine and it's just like a hundred percent manipulation like it really is crazy how much of this stuff is just like emotional warfare like it reminds me of like you know a girl in your hometown selling jewelry and she's like my business is doing so well but it's just like people feeling bad for her and being like okay sure like i'll buy it and never wear it like there are a lot of instances like that where i don't know like yeah it's the same it's like the mary k model right it's like peer pressure right and, and like, i also see people being like no one like you find out who your real friends are when you have a small business and like no one likes and shares your <laughs> posts and supports you i'm like Dude, i'm so glad i don't have any friends crazy. like that like yeah it's... no but that's the thing is is that i mean that but that's that's a general mentality with social media is like if people feel like, because I, I see that all the time whenever it's people, I, I've been cut off by people before because I didn't share that they were looking for a sublet somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, people have, like, actually gotten Crazy mad at entitlement, shit like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. It just breeds that sort of behavior. And I do think it is, like, the, um... I, I, I don't know. I feel like you know your friends really like you if they don't buy your shit. Like, I feel like... Yeah, it's true. My friends, a lot of my close friends don't listen to the podcast. And I'm like, oh, so yeah. you really do like me. Yeah, yeah so many same. of my friends don't listen. <laughs> it's like, but I don't want them to, you know, because I'm like, just talk to me. Just give me a call if you want to hear me yeah. talk, you know? What else? Oh, okay. My One of my favorite forms of, like, not to be like I'm so pro-China, but I obviously am, um, like the more <laughs> slapstick as seen on TV gadget advertisements that have, like, really unrealistic situations that often have to do with, like, you know your crush shows up at your house and you're like sitting at home picking your nose and your floor is like really dirty type of thing which seems to overlap with like those really absurd mobile game ads where like it's a girl covered in mud and then like her crush walks by with like a really hot girl Mm -hmm. i just like that those have like overlapped i also really like when products are put to some like really insane tests like have you guys seen that girl who like is applying foundation in the pouring rain Oh no, I haven't. It's really good. Yeah, oh, just yes, I have like seen slapping her, themselves yeah. in the face to be like, "Look, it's not coming off." I think I've talked about this thesis before. There was this girl who was above me at Pratt named Yijing Zhou, and she had like a whole part in her thesis about called um, "Extreme Usefulness Slash Supreme Presentation," and it was like a bunch of pictures of like Taobao sellers doing these kind of like absurd things to show the strength of products, like 
a bunk bed that has like 40 people on it to show that it's like really strong or like one of those like adhesive hooks that has like a kid hanging off of it to show that like it it really holds up i really like that that kind of like just showing the products actually work even if it's in like really stupid and like unrealistic ways that you would never use them Mm -hmm. i think is valid like it just reminds me of like infomercial like flex seal type of displays yeah how do you guys feel about that i i really enjoy that because that's the thing is is that we have to if if we're going to integrate shopping into an entertainment app we do have to make it actually entertaining instead of appealing to this sort of like weird base impulse of like begging people to buy your things or like kind of making i don't know because i feel like a lot of the um you know like we i don't know if we discussed the 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 style of advertising where it's like if you buy this like pajama set like your girlfriend will get pregnant like that type of thing <laughs> like yeah like I, I do actually enjoy the sort of like vaudevillian clownish bizarre type of advertising when you where you are pushing the extreme limits of of like a consumer product like i feel like that re-enchants the commodity you know what i mean because it's like it, it's like imbued with this like power you know what i mean when you're not even like including the commodity and like how important it is to purchasing it like it just it just seems like so throwaway in my head you know yeah, the commodity does have to be really central yeah if, if people don't yeah. know we're talking about the um Trying to think of an example. This is like the most Gen Z usage of TikTok shop because they never include the visual of the product in the videos. It's always like a random background and it just has text that says like, you need this or like, if you don't buy your GF this, like someone else will or like, I bought my GF this and now we're expecting twins. And like the item in question is literally like a short pajama set with like a Christmas pattern on it, which like- Do do you guys think that's hot? I don't really know. You can just tell that it's like dropshippy kids being like, this is the most low effort way to do this. And I, I guess like the there is an element of absurdism that makes it go viral. Like it feels like they're like sticking out your gap for the Rizzler version of like doing TikTok job. A lot of it is like blue collar themed products. Like literally all of all of the t-shirts that are sold in that matter say like my blue collar girlfriend or my spoiled blue collar girlfriend. Like it all just... It's like blue collar core themed products, which is like really interesting to me. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Like I think uh it it probably is like a really kind of um, I don't know, having side hustle hustles just feels like a very like kind of blue collar housewife thing to to do in the first place. So I feel yeah, like the these spoiled blue Yeah, the MLM thing, yeah. So I feel like that's kind of like where that's coming from. Yeah, crush based um, advertising is really Oh, or like BFGF is crazy. It's mm-hmm. like okay, buy your GF like the like snail mucin or something. Like, why would you buy her this like TikTok heart shaped jewelry for five dollars? <laughs> well, yeah. I saw some girl that whose boyfriend actually was buying her these things, which is crazy. Like, I, like it was actually worth TikTok shop stuff. Yeah, like all the stuff. Like, your girlfriend will be so happy if you buy her this like mm, I don't know, like teddy bear with like, or it's like a T shirt that's like. I'm I belong to like so and so and like if if he finds out that you're DMing me on Instagram like he's gonna fucking kill you or something you know and like (laughs) that type of thing you know this is just like yeah yeah, I can't imagine being further away from someone who I I weirdly (laughs) noticed that I think couples accounts are becoming more popular yeah on TikTok I've been seeing more and more types and more and more like different types of couples participating and I wonder if they're connected at all. 
Well, it's creating like, well, I feel like that's connected to the sort of like micro universe on TikTok of like a relationship paranoia and like boyfriend criticism. And totally. that's like a whole thing where it's like two opposing camps of like the perfect couple kind of performing some sort of joyful activity together. And then like the paranoid relationship paranoia side of TikTok kind of like warring with it and being like, I was just like you, but also like my boyfriend was like cheating on me with my mom, like on the side or something, you know? <laughs> and like, dude. Which is a whole thing we should probably talk about at some point because that's I a really mean, weird the thing about TikTok. stuff is so... If there's one thing that you, like, have to know isn't real online, like, at this point, everyone should know that, like, things online aren't as they seem. Mm-hmm. Relationships have to be, like, the number one thing. Like, like that is the easiest thing to fake. Yeah, it's true. I, I don't understand how someone I... could fall for a, a couple's account where, like, they're always happy and, like, always, like, performing, being in love with each other. Like... It's so unrealistic. No, yeah. It seems like, I mean, there's like that study that came out like a few years ago that was like um, the happiest couples don't post on social media or whatever. It was like shared around all the time by like people that were like, this is why I don't share my boyfriend or whatever. But like <laughs> private but not secret. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. I think they're they're really they're really cashing in on the like the loneliness epidemic on TikTok though. Oh, Wait, dude, so have you guys right. seen the, the Twin Flames documentary? No, oh, not I yet. See it. Holy shit, you Go actually on. need to watch it because it's like the most, it's, it really exemplifies like love and internet stuff Ooh. in like a the new like Facebook new age generation. Like just how people are, lonely people are like preyed on on the internet um, in like a cultish way. Is it way. not about twin flames? It is about twin flames, but it's like these like two this like couple who sells essentially like a twin flames course where they like convince people that you only have one twin flame and like essentially like the only people who joined were really desperate women who like their crush didn't like them back and Mm -hmm. the like leaders of this group would just be like affirming them constantly like he is your twin flame like and sometimes it's really hard with your twin flame and like like numerous women like ended up getting restraining orders from like these guys who they were like you're my twin flame like it was crazy but have I you guys seen the shadow that. work journal that's always been t- sold on tiktok shop yes yeah <laughs> that is crazy to me because like i literally see ads that are people like i finally worked through my like childhood trauma with this like shadow work journal i'm like you cannot be seriously trying to sell this to me the thing is with the shadow work journal and that type of thing is it's like it appeals for people who are trying to find alternative a- avenues for like quote unquote self healing that yeah. don't have to do with like therapy because they usually can afford therapy, you know. Dude, so the I just feel like there's something so crazy. It's so predatory. It appeals to people who just can't afford like medical care, you know. Yeah. No, crystals I know this are also one of the biggest, experience. Yeah, crystals are one of the biggest grifts on on TikTok. Um, yeah, also. it just it's it, it just it all streamlines it um, so much more. I like commissioned this this story by this writer named um nina maria and she was talking about how specifically the spiritual side of tiktok as it is currently really employs like the techniques of asmr yeah but then they also are always trying to sell you these courses or crystals but now i guess with tiktok shop it like makes it a bit easier for them to do that anyways rather than having to link out to buy those crystals um yeah. or courses what i get really paranoid about is like the supplements the basically like tinctures like kind Dude, of that, side of tiktok like you know pink sauce it's crazy the world of supplements is truly so politicized 
Yeah, I mean, like Alex Alex Jones was always on his supplement grind. Mm-hmm. That's true. In so many ways, too, there's literally like di- like visual divides and stuff where it's like the goop supplement world versus the yeah, it's very gendered. Alex for sure. Jones, yeah. It's... I would I would buy goop products off TikTok shop. Yeah, kind of same actually. <laughs> That's like one of the things that would break through, break the seal essentially for me. I think. Yeah. Another thing that I think is, Alexi, speaking of your love for factories uh, and production methods, like TikTok shop has its own warehouse, I think, and shipping capabilities, Hmm. which I think also takes it further away from the small business vibe, too. That's really interesting that they have their own warehouse and shipping capabilities. I wouldn't have expected that from TikTok. Well, it's because their their ultimate goal is becoming, quote, like the Amazon of Gen Z. Yeah. So I think they want to huh. s- have that level of scale. They really are. God, they're like eating up the competition every time. It's crazy. They really are like going to become a multi-hyphenate platform, I feel like. I just don't think that the TikTok shop is going to be very successful in America. Yeah, the only people I see ordering from it are, like, young people as a joke or just out of, like, some kind of morbid curiosity. Like, the expectations are low, and it's also kind of, like, low risk, low reward, because everything's so cheap. Um, mm-hmm. I also have this theory that we, we can talk about, like, certain fashion items that seem to be really common on TikTok shop, but I have this theory that there's, like, a major push for, like, cozy core or just, like, home items because they minimize buyer's remorse like if you pay five dollars for some kind of like pj set and it sucks and like feels weird you're just gonna be like oh well i'll just i'm just gonna wear it around the house anyway like it's fine like no one's buying their prom dress on tiktok shop they're just buying like random leggings and like busted polyester clothing which as you guys know is like the bane of my existence but it's turning people into like like the fact that so much of it is like home based, like mm-hmm. you're just gonna be like trapped in your house buying stuff from TikTok shop, being surrounded by garbage from TikTok shop and wearing garbage from TikTok shop, and you're not passionate about any of it. You're just like, well, I guess I own this now. So yeah, that's the thing is, it's like I really was over the pandemic duped by Amazon sleeping sets, and I now have like so many pajama sets that I never ever wear that were like literally seven dollars or something. I also think like they're. I also think companies are intentionally making like returning stuff more annoying mm-hmm. they are that's true like tiktok oh, yeah. shop i've from what i gather like most of the time you can't like returns aren't free and usually the shipping will be more than you paid for the item so like <laughs> if you did an impulse purchase like a lot of people have buyer's remorse but you know what are you going to do about it yeah didn't h&m get rid of returns altogether like even in in person returns like you can't return anything from h&m or something like that yeah that's it, it so really funny. is insane how customer service is like better when it comes to more expensive stuff that's the thing about um the live selling and the human interfacing is like i feel like it comes from a place where it's like we miss good customer service and like intimacy with the shopping experience and so we're kind of like trying to feign some sort of intimacy by like creating a parasocial relationship with the live seller and like engaging with a community of people that are interested in the same things that you are while shopping right but or at least like some semblance of expertise like the questions that people ask in these like TikTok live streaming live streaming comment sections are just like like I want people to ask like where was this made, you know? Or like uh what does I don't it know, made like, out of? Yeah, I, I could see luxury I, I would buy something luxury from a live stream if it was like actually 
authenticated. Apparently eBay is trying to launch like their own version mm-hmm. of this type of setup. Yeah. But you know, like I love salespeople who have expertise in something. Like it's really nice to go into, especially a clothing store when they like can actually talk about designer goods. So like I would I would be down for like a simulation of that experience via live stream. Mm. Yeah, we need to actually return to like the traditional live auction format where there's like an auctioneer and like a person that evaluates your product or something, you know? Yeah, or like tells you something about like the history of it or Yeah. I think what makes a good live customer service experience is the pace. So I feel like yeah. they like take their time talking to you and you know, it feels like they are not rushing you at all. But then it I does have to be quite one on one. Live is like inherently rushed. But I agree. I would like to see some like gay man in like an armchair answering questions about leather. <laughs> I miss the TikTok butler. Eat him back. What happened to him? I don't know. I just don't see his videos anymore. He got he got killed at Saltburn. Oh my god, he was literally the butler at Saltburn. Oh my gosh, I don't think I know the TikTok butler actually. What? We used to talk about him all the time. I think I've he's, he's I... He's the modern he butler. Oh, wow. Okay, yes. Now it's ringing a bell. I love the modern butler. Um, okay, top fashion pieces on TikTok shop, as far as I can tell. We already mentioned the pajamas, short sets, which seem to be, like, seasonally related. Like, during Halloween, it was, like, mm-hmm. had some, like, spoopy core, like, little ghost pattern, and now they're doing, like, the fake fair aisle Christmassy pajama set. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of, like, house slippers that are, like, really comfy looking. I see a lot of fleece line tights, those, like, miracle illusion tights that are, like, very warm. And I think something about those especially is, like, it's, it's really good for demonstration because people, like, stretch them and, like roll them mm. down and stuff and also i'm seeing a lot of these like embroidered fake vintage sweatshirts that have like snoopy on them really small like it almost reminds me of those like dad hats that were popular on tumblr that had like one embroidered detail like an egg or a peach or something but it's like that's stuff that's meant to me. like those i see a lot of those sweatshirts and they're made to look like like thrift store like kind of 90s like crew necks mm-hmm. which is insane to me i find that one the most depressing i think yeah, I really don't like that. Have you guys noticed any other fashion fashion items? I feel like it's hard to notice because they never show it in the video. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. I'm always just making it up in my mind because I usually don't click the link. Well, a lot of it does feel, uh, you know, like Carhartt sells a lot of stuff on there, but a lot of it does feel sort of like skater core, like vans, like checkerboard. And then, mm, I don't know, it feels very like 2000 and. 18 kind of style yeah. like a zoella zoella style looking things you know what i mean like i would buy from her on tiktok shop dude i just scroll on tiktok shop and the suggested search at the top says latina gyat pajamas no okay i was gonna say like why they're the the undercurrent of all these products is that they're typically really sexualized the clothing products yeah it's vulgar yeah it's and, and it's terrible too because they combine it with some sort of weird like childlike aesthetic. Like I, I don't know what to make of it. It's like very disturbing. Yeah, I'm but it's these, meant like, to sexy sort of onesies, and it's just like really disgusting. Oh, oh. It's just like a, it's like reptilian psychological manipulation. Like they're just also, trying to like that's like downwind of like actual streamers though as well. Yeah, they the kind of like DDLG 
belt yeah ddlg-esque exactly clothing that is i I think um a lot of streamers tend to wear really cheap clothing as well because Mm -hmm. they have to have like such a volume of it because they stream so often that's so true and the costume aspect is a really big part of it here wait i'm gonna show you guys what i was just advertised male gaze clothing is so terrible dude like i saw this girl on twitter who does like only fans i don't know if she still does it being like i like it sucks that like men aren't even remotely attracted to clothes that are high quality like if i actually wore clothes that men like were attracted to and like that drove up like only fan sales or whatever it would just be like some type of neon like cheap athleisure like bodysuit constantly like they just want like a hot pink like bike shorts like polyester outfit and i feel like tiktok shop is really like epitomizing that and it sucks like i would hate to be a young girl and be like oh my god do i need to wear like a fucking onesie to get my crush to like me this is terrible well the biggest actually in terms of like a fashion item thing the biggest thing that i see promoted is the bbl the bbl jacket yeah like a bbl jacket knockoff weirdly enough the um yeah the the fashion aesthetics of like kind of only fans girls is it just keeps getting worse and worse and it, it's just all incredibly cheap but i feel like it's kind of experiencing a bit of a renaissance right now because i just keep seeing a bunch of like uh tiktok nostalgia on my feed now like nostalgia about like 2019 tiktok 2020 mm-hmm. tiktok you know yeah. like that's all i see now the it's like really weird to be like that like stuck in that era of like e-girlism like i'm seeing a lot of these like cat beanies and yeah just like e-girl style garments um yeah it seems to be like the two the two elements are like you know baddie like goth girl or like skims i've seen a lot of like band merch like i'm also seeing like deftones t-shirts and like lana del rey t-shirts yeah i'm seeing a lot of beanies weirdly enough also okay so dino chicken nugget throw pillows (laughs) which i actually i kind of want these but See, I'm getting most most of the homeware products is what I'm getting, and like, I'm seeing a vibrator that looks like a makeup brush. Oh my god, my seal pillow is on here. <laughs> it's like all the stuff that they advertise <laughs> under tweets. That's like the rose toy and like the moon lamp and like. Oh my god, why I was just it? thinking about that. Like, why did it migrate? Yeah, yeah. dude. I I think it's kind of comforting to look under a tweet and see those uh affiliate links to like yeah, the you, starry you night just know projector. that it's like yeah it's it's kind of it activates that like just get your bag mode like i'm happy for mm-hmm. you bro also for that i'm like okay you made you made a good tweet so i guess you can have like a tuppence of of commission who the fuck True. is buying that though like i why am i getting like princess diana merch like what is mm-hmm. this it shit? has it has to be men like who are like i'm gonna buy my my girl this vibrator yeah i'm getting a little like pickle rick now for some reason. <laughs> once like, again rick <laughs> yeah oh and then this band tv girl that like everyone keeps talking about oh my god tv girl merch my sister loves tv girl which is i kind funny. of think they're good too yeah it's really crazy you can you can tell what products are chinese or korean just based on how they're shown which is like true i wrote my thesis about a little bit really but yeah, I wrote about my addiction to AliExpress for like a oh yeah part of my thesis. But yeah, just something about like the visual language, like you can just tell sunset lamp. That's classic. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of Scrub Daddy stuff. 
Oh yeah, same. That's like the OG Shark Tank like thing though. Mm-hmm. A lot of Shark Tanky stuff is here. Kendrick Lamar 90s inspired t-shirt, bro. Like I just can't. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, mushroom, Guys, like, mushroom content. Oh yeah, no, a lot of mushroom yeah. stuff. It's like that like 2020 like bedroom aesthetic of like fake vines and like LED lights and yeah. eyeliner. Ugh. What are we gonna do? not buy anything on here we've we've done it before that's the thing is that we already went through the same thing with like amazon really taking off in 2020 with the same exact products like everything i'm seeing on here is shit that i was like buying on amazon when i was like my brain was fried and i was like depressed because it was the pandemic you know so it's like i feel like we're all too like we wisened up too oh, but there's some things on here i'm, I'm like i kind of want to buy this actually I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna resist crazy in forbes and they're kind of like uniquely pessimistic article about how live stream shopping isn't going to actually take over e-commerce wrote that um you know everyone thought the pandemic was going to be a huge deal during the pandemic wait i already said that but fuck where did the statistic go oh yeah it said that like okay the u.s census bureau and its report on 2022 retail sales noted that e-commerce in 2022 was 14.6 of total retail sales in the u.s but in 2021, it was also the exact same amount, 14.6%. So, like, you would think that e-commerce statistics changed a lot during the pandemic, but they actually didn't that much. That's actually interesting. Maybe it's just the products change and the quality change. Yeah, I agree with Forbes. I think it's... that's why they had, they had to defund Instagram shop. Yeah. God, that was so annoying. I, like, actually went into my Instagram settings and I was like, do not give me any notifications about this shit. The one thing I did like about Instagram shop though is that you can see how much things cost just like from scrolling on Instagram. Mm. I would say Instagram shop also had a more of an uh, kosher small business vibe to it. Like I feel like I would mm. see ceramics and stuff on there. Yeah. Really? I feel like it was just like big essence brands. Um, or like those in-between brands like Maj and Sandro and stuff you could get online shopping is entertainment yeah the see now we're now we're all probably scrolling through i'm not really entertained by scrolling through this tiktok shop thing right now see now i'm getting like weird like lung cleansing tea blends and stuff which look really suspicious <laughs> we need and to like wait, you know beanies. what i keep seeing is the 100 envelopes money saving challenge which is so depressing because it's basically like just saying save a dollar a day yeah do you guys get those people oh that are God, like this is how no. i do my budget and like they do it all in these like envelopes and like these cutesy little binders and stuff no like they only use cash them. and yeah more power to them yeah works for them it's true dollar a day dude the fragrance shit is insane there's like so much of that fake like pheromone like body oil that makes men go crazy allegedly yeah we need to oh my god this is like such a loss for feminism just seeing all this stuff i know wait i just saw a really cute well, bag that's shaped like a chicken wait guys we have to get back to podcasting <laughs> <laughs> get let's get out of this hole no, but i need the latina yacht pajamas you know i'm seeing some like i'm seeing some like delicious cookie pies that i want yeah, why, Resist. Why, oh my god, guys, this we can't. Shut no, now I'm like, why is it so cheap? Like, okay, yeah. anyways, well, anything else to talk about? No, no, nothing else to talk about. Um, 
Would you rather um, have a booming small business on TikTok shop for a year, but you could only sell shirts that say my tummy hurts, but I'm being really brave about it? <laughs> Damn. Or would you rather have a somewhat successful, like mid, mid-range successful TikTok shop business for three years that sells a beneficial product that comes as advertised, which I can't really think of any that's been sold on there yet. <laughs> yeah, know. that's so hypothetical that I'm just like, what? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. that was like not. No, it's really good. I like. I'm the, so I like bad the at what you're No, 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 it was good. I just mean like the idea of like selling an honest product that is like ethically sourced on TikTok shop. Like I can't imagine. Yeah. Um. But you know, I'll choose that because I'll I'll always choose what's right, even though. Mm-hmm. You probably would make more money. God, this feels like the hurts. biggest temptation for like it's just cheap, fast money. It's bad. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a get rich quick scheme. Come on, guys. That's what boomer dads are supposed to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. If you're you getting something for free, then you're the product. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> if you're getting Latina Gap pajamas for five dollars, you're still the product. <laughs> yeah it's true oh and it's expensive to be cheap it's expensive to be cheap it is. i will say this i will i will say this till the day i die so um i think i'd rather have a moderately successful ethical business because i feel like the new york times would write an article about me and they'd be like the girl who changed tiktok shop yeah that's true <laughs> taylor lorenz would write it yeah oh she would <laughs> so um okay would you rather be the assistant for Zhang Zhang Xiang Xiang, the um rapid fast live streamer, and like be outside of frame, like throwing her boxes all day? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather be um an acting coach for a, a small business influencer who needs to make videos about um how her small business is failing and how she ordered too many? coffee mugs that's say I would be like so so good at that job at acting so, coach for a tiktoker yeah yeah, <gasps> yeah you would be yeah. yeah i would i would but i feel like i'd challenge myself more with the first one because i feel like i would get beat <laughs> beat by someone if i didn't catch the products and stuff fast enough i'm sure it's a very like tense operation yeah, she also has assistants in the back that are wearing the same dress as her. So you could be one really? of those two. Yeah. Why? Sometimes they hand her stuff from the boxes behind her as well as. So is it just like side. so it all matches? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I would be the box monkey. Because, like, I don't know, the TikTok shop, small business, sob story people, they do need acting lessons because so often you can tell that they are fake crying. Yeah, and also they do the thing where it's like you to show that you're like doing badly you're like wearing glasses and like a hoodie (laughs) yeah you're like college hoodie yeah and you're sitting at like a granite countertop Uh, yeah wait someone needs to teach those girls how to how to really beg for views but um it's not gonna be me because i don't know how to do that so i'll be the i'll be the box monkey yeah i'll join you with that it's see i like physical activity i i also like one like female friendly manual labor yeah and i like efficiency like i i like it seems like kind of fun to like throw stuff around like that all day yeah 
no right yeah the only thing is it would be kind of hard not to laugh like they're so serious <laughs> and like so professional like i was just no, but I, feel like you would, I feel like you would have to concentrate though to be able to do it yeah but the thing is is like i feel like it'd be good training for like a different kind of acting career like you know how like buster buster keaton's origin story is that he was just like a baby <laughs> thrown around the stage for like years and years like i feel like it'd be that type of thing like i'd yeah. become the next buster keaton these are such like two schools so of acting based on physicality versus emotional emotionality exactly. <laughs> yes yeah i'm i i personally would prefer the physical the physical comedy yeah the fit the the slapstick comedy aspect of acting because i look really ugly when i'm crying so i wouldn't um, want to do that on camera i just want to know like what if you guys were going to buy something off tiktok shop right now what would it be i honestly think this one piece fuzzy soft plush cute chicken crossbody is really speaking to me it's mm. like okay i know talk about shit on like fast fashion and like using amazon but the one thing that i will always buy for amazon it's like a kooky looking phone case it's like shaped like a piece of fried chicken or something um yeah i can't resist stuff like that and you can only find it in like these weird corners of the internet like i'm sorry i'm not gonna buy a case from like case to fire like wildflower like i need to have an absurd thing that no one else has and just makes them wonder like what is that um so i would be buying the chicken crossbody i think for me it would be it would either be one of those like kind of kawaii night lights i really am a fan of those they break on me all the time and i do often have one in my possession or like one of those like really puffy headbands that are meant for face washing yeah i'm seeing that because that to me that i'm a big fan of of anything that makes me feel like i'm in the spa while i'm in my own bathroom so that's that's my like a fast fashion guilty pleasure Mm. Or like, uh, yeah, like headbands with bunny ears on them or something. That is a guilty pleasure. I have a lot of those. I'm just going to send it to you, Sam. Yeah. I need I need more. I, I had one, but like I washed it weird and like the wiring got all twisted. And so the bunny ears don't stick up in the same way. There's also a huge market of like car stuff. Like those lights that make you, the roof of your car look like a galaxy type of thing. Oh, that's so dangerous. That is dangerous. But I do need some like car sex. It's designed for car sex. I think it's all like, yeah, it's all car sex. I used to have a zebra print wheel cover on my old car, um, and now my new car is like it's not tricked out inside anymore. So maybe I would get another zebra print wheel cover. Cover. Mm. What would you get, Biz? No, you have you have to get the Galaxy projector so you can have car sex. <laughs> yeah. So I can have car sex. My little yeah. Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would get this 88 pence Kinder cookie pizza slice, which wow. I don't think you guys have in the US. Uh, they have all these like re- European candy themed like pizzukis, <laughs> like pizza <laughs> cookies. And I actually like, I feel like it tastes good. And also, I feel like if you the most challenging tiktok shop purchases to actually use would be like skincare and eating something i guess because they're like actually going in contact with your body so Mm -hmm. i feel like if i if i face this i don't know and it was really good nothing happened to me it'd be a big win it could be like a you could grow your immune system right if it is like kind of food unsafe yeah, that's the thing. If it is, it is like, we, food unsafe, yeah. 
the thing is, is we don't trust our bodies. We, we're so mistrustful of nature. We don't trust our bodies to be able to fight off food poisoning. Oh my God, you know what, I just we'll know. get a chamoy pickle botulism kit. <laughs> yeah, I really think, no, I'm the most, I will always, you know, eat it off the floor. Yeah, so, we, mm-hmm. we are very big on that. We're like the anti, yeah. like, wash your chicken brigade. <laughs> no, but really. Fuck? Yeah, like, yeah, please. No, I'm like, I eat stuff after I, it's expired all the time, yeah. Me too, dude. I don't like wasting food. And also, like, I don't know. Like, the chamoy pickles, pickles I grew up with, they probably did have botulism anyways, because it was, like, out of, like, a dusty newsstand in the back of, like, a basketball court run by, like, elementary school students, you know? Like, it was, yeah, like, it's like, it was like, like, a, a seven-year-old was me. Yeah. yeah, if you guys are going to take these risks, take them in real life. Like, buy from a sketchy hot dog stand. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. that's so true people it is annoying how people are like oh like oh that's so gross to get like a a hot dog from the hot dog stand but then we'll buy this kind of stuff hot dogs are yeah. antimicrobial as we know <laughs> <laughs> what who told you that they're in a case thing like, yeah i know a, they're not they're porous like i don't think they're not porous it's like it's like a banana like that no, it's it's a banana. it has it has a shell yeah if it's not serious just peel it it's it's so much safer to eat a hot dog than like a hamburger they are it's so microbial. true yeah okay well <laughs> guys let us know if you've purchased something on tiktok shop and how your experience yeah. was. Yeah, on the Discord, I would really love to hear some firsthand testimonials. Like, has anyone done any type of dropshipping scheme? Mm, I know someone has. Some, yeah, someone some in there has. greedy freak. And please come forward, because we don't judge you. Like, no. you know, yeah, make that money. Shopify. Yeah. And also, yeah, one thing we didn't get to touch on in this episode that I love to further discuss in the discourse is like the hustle mentality in Gen Z, which I feel like has been covered Mm. a lot as of late. And I haven't kept up with that discourse very closely, but I would love to learn more. So if you guys have anything to share about that, I would love to engage in some convos. You know know what I watched recently that made me think like this is what's not what's wrong with our society, but I watched the movie Catch Me If You Can, where young Leo is like a scammer slash yes, con artist that. and i'm like why is he played like a scammer con artist like handsome devil in like 16 movies and why mm-hmm. do these clips always go viral on tiktok and i think gen z has internalized that mentality of like do whatever you have to do to get the life you want to um, survive mm-hmm. a, yeah that's the thing ugh. we're very forgiving of like um immoral behavior if it means getting a bag and i'm guilty of this because sometimes i'll see some like bullshit that i'm just like this is like so unethical but then i'm like oh we'll get that bag though you know but um, stoppers incorporated (laughs) yeah we need to stop the bags i want to know about your unethical bags well no i'm just businesses are you running well it's more i i no i'm not running any businesses all of my bags have been ethical thus far which is good Mm -hmm. um but yeah no um no i'm I'm more mean like the unethical bag of like having a drop shipping scheme oh you know what i mean that not not like any type of true scam you know like i couldn't even i couldn't even drop ship like i don't even know what that means at the end of the day but regardless yeah we want to know if you've drop shipped and i also want to know if anyone's ever bought bought slime or sold slime because that's probably my personal <laughs> favorite like tiktok marketplace item 
and it's the original and we should have never gone past that for sure agreed i love Period. me too me too all right thanks everyone for listening yes love y'all thanks everyone bye bye, bye.